welcome to the Light Gate. Tonight we are coming to you live from the beautiful city of New Orleans on the United Public Radio Network at 107.7 FM and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 FM. We are on Roku, YouTube, and Facebook, and many, many other platforms. To those of you who are only on radio with us, we if we show pictures or we're talking, we will endeavor, I promise you, to give you the most detailed information about what we're looking at or talking about. And tonight we have a wonderful guest. He's in the same book that I'm in, and I'm excited, and I'm going to hand it over to Preston. <laughs> Thanks, Dolly. Thank you all for joining us tonight. You are watching The Light Gate. And can you believe it? This is episode 30. I, of course, am your host, Preston Dennett, and my lovely co-host right there is Dolly Safran, subject of the book, Symmetry. She also has a chapter in the book, uh, Onboard UFO Encounters, which as does our guest tonight. And boy, it's going to be an exciting show. This is one of my favorite people that I've ever interviewed. So I'm super happy to have him here. Let's just say a quick hi to all of you lovely people in chat because it's because of you that we are doing this show and we are so grateful that you always join us here each week. So hello, Dawn. Hope you're having a good evening. And Dale, I'm so glad you made it this time. Very, very cool. We could use some drywall finishing in our house, but I won't ask you to do that. <laughs> um, Hi, Louise. Glad you made it just in time. That's awesome. Oh, from New Jersey, actually. Very cool. Beautiful state. And Sunshine Center. Thank you so much for your very kind words. Always appreciated. And hello, Dale. I'm so glad you could make it. Namaste. Your generosity knows no bounds. So very kind of you. I can tell you how much I appreciate that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And get your questions in early, guys, because our guest is going to have some amazing experiences. And I know you're going to find them absolutely fascinating. Hello, Nicole, all the way from New Brunswick, Canada. Awesome how our show is reaching out to all parts of the world. I just love that. Hi, Renee. Always awesome to see you here. Hope you're doing well. Ah, Catherine Fourfeathers. So glad you made it to a live session all the way from Seattle. I hope it's not raining there. I know it's a very rainy city, but very pretty. Absolutely love the, what's that rainforest in Washington? The, oh gosh, National Rainforest. Beautiful up there. Um, insectoid, hello. Mm -hmm. Hello, Terry D. Thank you for joining us. So very happy to see all of you here. Liana and Ruth Kleiber. We're going to have some fun tonight, I promise. Hello, Janice. Always awesome to see you here. And Linda. Thank you for joining us from Florida. The weather there, I hope it's nice for you. Fun Talks TV, hello. Oh, Terry D, thank you so much for the super chat. Generous donation, it's very much appreciated. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ah, Larry Hart, greetings from Long Island. 
some of the experiences we're going to be talking about tonight are from that general area, so you might find it especially interesting. Hello, Olivia and Nautical Strings and Andy, aka Andy and Star Orchid and Mr. Beast Truth Seeker and so many other people, Allison Carr. Very cool. Oh, wow. And Ina Thompson, all the way from Down Under. Oh, very cool. All right. I think we're ready to get this show started. I see your question, Fun Talks TV. I'm going to put a little star next to it. You can be the first one in line. And now let's just get to our guest. And boy, am I excited. Because when I first heard Tony's story, it's very poignant. It brought tears to my eyes. It's super interesting. Some really amazingly unique elements to it. And his guest tonight is Tony Vitata. He was born in New York. And Tony had his first UFO setting at age 17 while walking outside his home in Wentworth, New York. And it was just a few years later that he experienced a really dramatic face-to-face -face encounter with a gray alien on the local golf course. Got a friend with him. They both saw it. But before long, he started having memories having been taken on board as a much younger man and it wasn't long after that that more encounters followed and these this is quite a range of encounters sightings missing time encounter on board experiences more face-to-face -face encounters with gray type ets so tony finally accepted the fact that he was probably a contactee and sought out regressive hypnosis and under hypnosis, he recalled an incredible experience where he and his girlfriend were taken on board a massive disc-shaped craft which had actually landed alongside the road in upstate New York. So Tony's encounters really span the gamut of the typical UFO experience. And at one point, he was able to meet up, he believes, with his hybrid daughter, or as he calls his star daughter. So along with his UFO encounters, of course, came many paranormal experiences, poltergeist encounters, and even a possible past life memory. His encounters, not no surprise here, had a profound effect on him. It left him with a whole new view of life, not only on Earth, but beyond. And I love his story because it really provides a fascinating glimpse into what it's like to have UFO contact and you will get to hear his story firsthand. Uh, and I will say that his story is covered in my book, Onboard UFO Encounters. And in fact, I loved his chapter so much, I gave it the first chapter in the book. And that's his bio in a nutshell. I think we're ready to bring him on. So let me just click on Tony and bring him onto this stage. <laughs> Hi, Tony. Hi. How are you doing? Hi, guys. <laughs> Thanks so Hi. much. Thank you. I'm, I'm hearing you in the background in the gray. Oh, you're, are you hearing a double echo? Yeah. Do you have your telephone on? Telephone? No. No. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not hearing an echo. Are you, Dolly? No. All right, well, are you able to hear us fine, Tony? 
it, it, it's a little confusing. Maybe I could deal with it. If you'd like to come out and come back in, that might clear it up. Okay, how do I do that? Um, just uh, exit out off your browser and then come back in. Go back to the link, link on it, and come back up. Oh, yeah, my audio is not great. I'm getting Louise and synthetic nature. Yeah, I lost my microphone, guys. So I'm working on my computer mic. Let me see if I can turn up my volume a little bit. So there's not a whole lot I can do it about it. That's point. a little bit better. Yeah. Um, so leave it alone. Uh, do you have a mic? Uh, a, a mic that, or are you using your computer mic? It's um, it's in the webcam. It's in the webcam. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, wait a minute. Let me see if I can. There we go. I okay, had, is that better? I can't hear you now. Oh, good. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Okay. Let me see my sound. You're, you're better. I'm going to just turn up my sound a little bit, see if I can, because um, I'm getting some messages here that it's not great. Sound it's levels. much better now. Here, let me put this up. How's that? Way loud. I can still hear you like a few seconds later saying what you just said. All right. Um, hmm. well, I'm not sure why. The only thing I think we could Tony, do is. You have, wait, wait. Tony, do you have YouTube up on your computer? Um, yes. Turn it off. You, you just want to be on, on the show from your email. Oh, that's what it is. Yep. There you go. All right. I think I'm getting... Okay, Mr. That's B. it. Mr. B says my sound is better, so I think... Are we good now? That's good now. Awesome. Okay. All right. Okay, is my sound good, guys? Yes. Your sound's good, yeah. From, from my end, anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, let me know you guys in chat, and I can try to adjust it. If it's too loud or too soft, I'll do my can best. Can I give a quick shout out? <laughs> sure. Uh, hi to my son and Luciana and um, Sherry and Brandon and all the guys out here. Hope you're all watching, and um, well, I'll, let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It looks like we're getting the go message as far as sound. So that is awesome. All right. Well, okay. We had a little bit. I had to go and say no technical problems, huh? Didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we cleared them up. So I want to start by just thanking you, Tony, for coming on to the show. I know it takes a lot of courage to speak publicly about this. And uh, I really commend you for that. Big uh, <laughs> I'm not sure it takes courage. I don't know. <laughs> I but, it happened. What else? What could I say? I mean, it happened. Right. Well, I'm, that's not, I'm not here to convince anybody or bend, bend anybody's... Um, beliefs or anything 
not asking anybody to believe what I say, but all I can tell you is it happened to me, and that's that's the name of that tune. Yep. All right. Well, let's start with your sighting you had as a young man. Here, I, I took some notes down, and let's see. You were 17 years old, 1963. And you had a sighting of a UFO outside your home? 1963? Yeah, you were 17 years old. And this was in Brentwood, right? Right, the black disc? Yeah. That was close to 66. Oh, okay. Oops, my bad. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I... I had a girlfriend at that point in time, and she broke up with me. And I don't know why, but I felt like taking a walk up near her house. And this was um, probably about 10 o'clock at night or something like that. And um, I walked to the end of my block, which was about three houses from mine, and I looked, um, I don't know what direction it is. I, I never knew what direction um, anything was in New York. But I looked towards the town, the center of town, and there was a black disc. I'm going to say it was probably about 50 foot in diameter. And I don't know if it if it was revolving or there was a light, a red light on the edge of the disc. And I don't know if it was going around the disc or the disc itself was turning. I would imagine the disc was turning. And it seemed to be roughly treetop level. And... Um, I, I watched it, and it would go, it was low enough in the sky, like I said, about treetop level, and about a quarter of a mile away, and um, it would travel along this one route, and it would go behind the house, and I couldn't see it, and then it would go, I could see it as it came out, and then it didn't come out. Hmm. It went behind behind the house and it didn't come out. And it didn't go back. I didn't see it go back. It didn't go up. I didn't see it go up. And at the time I was painting the house. I was helping my father paint the house. And um, there was a ladder on the side of the house. So I climbed up on the roof to see if I could see, um, have a better view of things. And um, I didn't see it again. And it, oh. it lasted probably five minutes. A pretty what long did you time. Like? Describe it for me. The disc? Yes. It seemed to be flat black. It, it was um, your stereotypical disc 
Not sure if it had a dome. I think it did. Um, and that's that's basically it. And I I never heard of one being flat black, but this one was flat black. Uh. There was no shine on it, um, either from the red light or any ground lights or anything. There was no no lights on it at all. I mean, no glimmer or uh, sign of a shine. How close were you to it? About a quarter mile. All right, that's pretty close. Yeah. And did you hear anything? No sound whatsoever, nothing. Wow. So um, how fast do you think it was going? Oh, a guesstimate, five, five miles an hour. It was moving really slow. It was not flying. <laughs> this thing was not flying. Just skimming around, okay? Yeah. Did you tell anyone about it after you saw it? You know, I, I just don't remember. I don't right. remember if I told my brothers or not. Wow. So what did you think when you saw that this was a UFO? Oh, I was sure of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I, it, it, to see this thing and, 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 it seeming to be so close, there was nothing else it could be. I mean, we didn't have any, anything, any, nothing close to that. Yeah. And there's, there's no planes or anything that resemble such a thing. Well, do you know if anyone else in the area might've seen it or did you hear about any other sightings at that time? I never heard of any other um, people seeing it. I never yeah. heard any reports or anything. And you were where? What state? That was New York. Uh, New York. In New York. On Long Island. On Long Island. Okay. Roughly the middle of Long Island. Which has a surprising amount of activity, actually. It <laughs> does. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. There's quite a bit. It's quite a history there. I wrote UFOs over New York. And it was I, wonder if, I wonder if it has anything to do with maybe coming in off the Atlantic or the North Atlantic. It could be. It was broad daylight, right? No, this was about 10 p.m. 10 p.m. And right. it was black. Okay, yeah. not black. Yep. Yep. Oh, and that was your first fighting that you know of? Of a, of a craft, yes. And oh. There was an earlier um, memory of being on board. Yeah, I'd love to get to that in just a second. But sure. first, I, I think it would be really cool if you could talk about that experience you had when you were walking with your friend towards the golf course. Uh, this was a time when in the middle of the town of Brentwood, there was a park. Um, and in this park, guys all guys and girls would hang out in this park, drink beer and talk and that kind of thing. 
and um, this particular night, nobody had any money for beer. So somebody said, let's go to the golf course. So um, this was uh, probably about 1967. Uh, summertime, not sure of the month. Um, but um, we decided to go to the golf course. And at that point in time, the golf golf course was completely open. There was no no fences or gates or anything. It was just completely open. So we walked onto the golf course and we were sitting around talking. Um, it was dark by the time, I think there was probably about eight to 10 of us. I think probably closer to eight. It's hard to remember how many were there that night there was probably about eight of us and um one of the guys lived roughly a block away from where we were on the golf course so he said why don't we all go over to my house we'll go down in the basement and watch tv and stuff so me and this other guy his name was john um we decided we didn't want to go so we walked um, up this, towards this uh, road called Brentwood Parkway. And right on the corner of Brentwood Parkway <clears throat> and this other road I can't remember the name of that this guy Dave lived on, um, there was like a park bench. And me and John sat on the park bench and we were, we were just talking. It was still kind of early. It was probably like, I'm going to guess around 10, something like that. And um, I heard this sound. It sounded sort of like either keys jingling or a dog's choker collar. And all to the right side, left side there was uh, a growth of trees and there seemed to be a light there in the trees and I thought well it's probably just somebody walking a dog and then um, turned around and looked we were sitting on the park bench and the bar park bench faces outward and the green is behind you. So we turned around and looked and the green is like at eye level as we were sitting and there were two, no, one. There was one being standing there. He was facing us. And I looked at John, and John was looking at me. We looked back at the thing, and it turned and went down the middle of the golf course like it was on wheels or like the, like the, uh, like there was ice. 
on the ground. Wow. And it took, it, it moved pretty, pretty quickly. And there was no, no bounce. And I, I don't remember seeing the legs moving. And it went behind. There were two really tall pine trees. I'm going to say maybe an eighth of a mile away. And it went behind the two trees and came out and another one came out from behind and they stood and faced each other and then they turned and went away further away down the middle of the golf course. Amazing. And, um, well, I'll just bring it up. There was, um, I don't know, remember how many years later, but a number of years later, my girlfriend's girlfriend lived, her house, their backyard ended and the golf course, the golf course began. There was a chain link fence between their backyard and the golf course. And she said that her brother around the same time looked out his bedroom window and saw 11 little men walking around under a disc, sitting on the golf course, picking things up. Wow. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a little illustration. I did these little illustrations to help. Yeah, yeah. Bring Tony's story to life. So for those who can't see, showing exactly what Tony's describing. A disc sitting on a park with 11 little gray guys. No, I, I never saw this. I right. never saw the disc. I just saw the two, two beings. And it, I forgot to add that it was dressed in something that looked like the dull side of aluminum foil. I was going to ask. So when you saw this gray, the first one moving across the uh, golf course, you know, probably it was floating or something, because I mean, if it's not moving its legs, how, how fast was it moving? Like a normal person's run or? It, it, it's, from what I could remember now, it seemed to be quite a bit faster than a, a human. All right, did you think it was aware of you? I mean, did it actually you did it look at you at one point? You said, "Yes." When it was on the green, it was looking at us. Wow! But, How were y'all reacting to it? I mean, did y'all try to call out to it? I mean, what was going on with you? Um, no, I was just I just turned and looked at John, and he was looking at me, and it's like. What the? <laughs> yeah. okay. Wow. That's amazing. Now, at that point, if I recall correctly, you went back to see your friends, right? Oh, right. I forgot. So me and John decided we'd go over to Dave's house and look in the basement and tell them what just happened. So we got over there and it took 
five minutes maybe like i said it was just a block maybe maybe a block away and we looked down in the basement windows and the tv was on but they were all asleep <laughs> they were all asleep on the on the on the floor and they had only left like half hour or so ago and five or six guys together sitting around watching TV are not going to be asleep no. in half an hour. That's a little strange. Yep. Yeah. So do you still talk, have contact with John? I mean, what would y'all say to each other about it afterwards? I saw him about uh, three years or so later. I happened to be walking through the uh, Brentwood uh, bowling alley and I saw John sitting there at the counter and I said, hey, John, how you doing? And I hadn't seen him from that night to this. Oh, wow. And I said, hey, John, how you doing? And he says, hey, Tony, seen any little green men lately? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wow. thought that was pretty weird. So Allison in chat is asking, you know, what exactly did they look like? Did your friends see the same thing? I I don't remember ever talking to them about what they looked like. But they're your typical it, grays, as we would think of it? Yeah. Yeah. About, I'm going to say roughly three and a half, four feet tall, um, large head. I don't remember a face. I don't remember any facial features. Oh, wow. You know, that's not that unusual. I've talked to other people who you know, can be quite close to them and the face kind of blurs out. So how close would you say you were to it at its closest point? The farthest 30 feet. Oh, wow. Well, I don't they, think could have been they, over 30 feet. Did they gesture at you at all or anything like that? No. No? No messages? <laughs> Not that I know of. Well, you Maybe. know, Tony, given that your friends were already asleep, I mean, did you think about the possibility of missing time? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, now I do when, you know, in the past... 15, 20 years or more. Yeah. I mean, it, it just stands to reason. What the hell? How How could they be asleep in a half an hour or so? It's not, it doesn't make any sense. A bunch of guys together are going to be sitting there shooting the breeze all night. Did you check the time or did you, do you remember checking the time? Yes, but I don't. I don't remember now. Right. Wow. I just felt it wasn't late. Well, that could very well have been a missing time encounter. I mean, just from the sound of it, yeah. it could have been more than just a sighting. Because when you're that close to these guys and they're looking at you and you're looking at them. <gasps> yeah, I'm afraid a lot more may, may have happened that I don't know about. Well, it's so amazing that you did get confirmation, even if it's in a peripheral kind of way with your 
girlfriend's friend's brother. <laughs> I got that right. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, to know that there's you know, other people who are seeing this stuff in the same exact area. I freaked out when she told us that. I said, what? Are you kidding me? Really? Hmm. That was around the same time of the golf course. Wow. I just call it the golf course incident. <laughs> did you ever dream about that incident or did you ever notice no. anything else unusual happening around that time? Well, to look back now, no, I don't. I don't remember anything. I don't. I don't remember ever having any kind of dreams. Right. Well, it wasn't long after that that you had another sighting at Lake Ronkonkoma. Ronkonkoma, right? Lake Ronkonkoma. <laughs> Could you describe uh, that one? Ah. Uh, enlighten me i don't remember um well here i have a picture that i drew actually so i will bring that up i believe it was just you're out there watching the stars oh, and oh okay that's because it wasn't it like gronkonkoma that was out in um uh, i don't remember the name of the town well yeah i guess it was no no it wasn't Ronkonkoma. It was somewhere out east, but not far out east of Long Island. And there was a, um, there was this path that went into the woods. And if you, you drive in there and you could, you could drive around for like a half an hour without even going over the same path twice. So bunch of people would meet up there and sit in the woods and drink beer and hang out. Maybe sometimes we'd uh, start little fires and cook hot dogs and stuff. And um, one night, I guess it was mm -hmm. close to 1 a.m., I think. And these two white discs crossed the sky from horizon to horizon in about 15 seconds. Hmm. Pretty quick. Yeah. One slightly behind the other, and they seemed to be, they looked white. I don't know if they were so far up that the sun was hitting them. Uh, I think it was too light in the the day for that. Wow. So that's definitely sound unusual. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't remember that one because there's not much to it except seeing two discs. <laughs> well, compared to some of your other <laughs> sightings, yeah. I mean, seeing, seeing grays face to face. Yeah. When you saw the grays on the golf course, did you feel any fear? Or was that just like, wow? I don't remember feeling fear. Huh. Well, that's good. Because now this is a, when you started to remember being on board. I remember you told me that you later had a chance to talk to a childhood friend. And 
he remembered that you would talk about UFOs all the time and aliens. Right. <laughs> uh, I ran into a guy I went to school with, and he said that back when we were in school that I always talked about that kind of stuff. But I, I don't remember doing that. <laughs> I don't remember talking about that kind of stuff then. You know, Whitley Strieber said the same exact thing. He yeah. Met friend, he met a friend as an adult. He met a friend he knew as a kid and said, oh, you would talk about UFOs all the time. He does not remember that. So when you told me that, I'm like, hmm, that sounds familiar. That's exactly and, what Whitley, Whitley Strieber said. Unless he's confused because I, I was a sci-fi freak. I loved... Um, you know, like Forbidden Planet and all those old um, 50s movies. Maybe that's what he thought. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't remember talking about UFOs. What's the youngest sighting you remember having? How, your youngest age? Of an actual craft, but yeah. anything unusual. Yeah. Like when I you were a little boy, did you have anything unusual? A lot of unusual things. <laughs> <laughs> um, seeing things in that in the house. Um, Well, I know of a couple of unusual things that you told me, but why don't we talk about, you started to have memories of being on board a craft when you were, I think around age 13 or 14. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, about anywhere between 13 and 15. Um, I don't, I don't know how I got on, on the ship. Um, but uh, there's like a uh, like a doctor's um, table thing, and I'm sitting on that, and all I have on is my on is my underwear, and there's a gray, and he's standing right here. Mm -hmm right here wow and he has one hand on my leg and he's looking at right in my face and as i'm looking at him i see his eye twitch like you know like a muscle twitch it just does one of those things that's when i that's that's a real live being whatever it is and yeah. what i don't understand is if we were that close there must have been communication but i don't remember any and there's a um there's a door um, 
I'm trying to remember the position of the door. The door was like sort of behind him. And um, it didn't seem to be square. There was nothing in the room that was square. Everything is rounded off. The edges of the table are round mm -hmm. this way and this way. And um, there's no, no, no screws, no nails, no moldings, no nothing. The room is fairly brightly lit, but I have no idea where the light's coming from. Mm -hmm. Can't tell where that light's coming from. And could you tell whether this uh, being was male or female? Mary and Chad is wondering if you had any impression of that. I kind of think it was male. I don't know why I think that way. It feels kind of like a doctor. I don't know why. <laughs> hey. And it, I, I don't remember how I got out into the hallway, but we were in the hallway and there was a right turn and we made the right turn and we're going through this hall. This is really gonna sound stupid, but there was a room off to the right side and it looked, it looked sort of like a locker room. I didn't see lockers or anything, but that's what it reminded me of. Wow. Was it empty, no chairs, no tables I, or anything? No, no nothing. Well, Sherry no, no. DeTata, who I'm guessing is related to you. <laughs> that's my sister-in-law. <laughs> I've known him for almost 40 years, and he has never changed his story. He's always been consistent and honest. Very cool. It's always nice to have support from people within your family. <laughs> There's always one thing to remember. If you tell stories, then you got to remember what story you told. <laughs> if you tell the truth, there's nothing to remember. That's right. Except when you get old. And your memory does, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So could you tell any temperature inside this room? I don't remember feeling cold. Um, maybe cool. Maybe. And I don't know why I'm thinking that. Did you hear any sound or did you smell anything? I don't remember any smell or sound. Now. Okay, so when you were staring at this being, um, did you, you, you got no message of any kind, right? Did you, Not that I could remember. 
but you felt it was a, a, a living being because it, it twitched its eye, right? I mean, I could, I could see it. I could see it was skin. It was skin that was moving. Right. Yeah. You know, just like when our eyes twitch, a nervous twitch. How, how, how tall was it? About four foot. All right. And did you see if it was wearing anything? It was, but I don't. I can't remember what. I could see sort of a collar, like, you know, like a T-shirt collar. But I, I don't remember anything else. Hmm. All right. Well, here is a question from someone in chat. It's the Mac geek. He's asking, were there any electronic devices or computers or screens? Or anything else that you saw in these rooms? Or I saw, um, it seemed to be like a cabinet. Uh, no computers, no screens. I didn't see anything like that. No buttons. Was it a long cabinet? In other words, how long was it? A guesstimate. Oh, um, two or three feet. Okay. Yep. Maybe two feet high. Mm hmm A guesstimate. And I can't tell what it's made out of. But you feel, you feel like you were probably 13 or 14, which would mean this was well before both your, your sighting and the golf course incident as well right yeah yeah huh. that's interesting because that makes you wonder <laughs> like you said it's very interesting that you have no memory of how you got there or i mean what's the last do you do you know how this experience ended either no 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 idea how it started or how it ended have you ever had any regression therapy three times how did that yeah. go? Um, well, before we get to that, here's another question regarding this incident from Synthetic Nature. So he's asking, when did you remember having this experience? So it's, you know, you did recall it years after the fact, but when you feel like you first recalled it, how old were you and how many years after do you think it occurred that you re remembered? So it would have to have been after the golf course experience, right? That you I'm, remembered? I'm really not sure. <laughs> not sure. Yeah, well, this is something I do here because when someone has experiences, it seems like it's always kind of there. It's just you don't fully think about it, and then one day we do. Just oh, hey. <laughs> I'm absolutely <laughs> curious at this point. When did you think to tell someone about it? Uh, other than your family and friends, like how did you contact Preston? What was that? I I was talked to somebody a couple of days ago, and I said I couldn't remember how I get, got to meet Preston. Yeah, I was trying to think of that myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you know I don't know. 
I'll have to look it up, but I think you probably, I don't know, must have heard me on the radio or something? Uh, oh, yeah, that's for sure. Um, I, I mean, I knew of you for years, probably before I got, before, yeah. we, before we got in touch. Yeah, I know, because I wasn't doing any YouTube back then. No. So. And I've only rarely been on TV every every now and then, but so that's not likely. So it must have been on some podcast or something. Maybe. How we got in touch, I I don't remember. Okay. Well, here's a question, which was actually Fun Talks just reminded me I haven't asked his question yet. <laughs> Sorry, Fun Talks. <laughs> Um, and he's asking, I feel I have so many questions to ask, and I haven't had any ET contact yet. Could I be asking these questions to the universe itself, or can the ETs help me with acquiring knowledge? Um, I would be careful what you wish for. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I don't know what I don't know. And I I think there's more in here than I'm aware of. And um, well, I'm, I'm going to jump in for a second. Okay. We're, we are all very psychic beings. We have the equipment in our heads. Okay. And when you're starting to reach out and ask for things, you know, want to know what's going on. Because I know, Tony, you're you're very confused about it and you really want to know. I can feel that coming from you. You really wish you had the answers. And uh, one of the ways you can do that is by meditating. And we give that we give that um, advice to everybody. Start meditating. Um, ETs are not here right now because of what's going on with our planet, our solar system. Uh, but you can reach out to them psychically and they'll hear you. They will try to answer you if they can. You just have to be able to make contact that with them. That's what they've been trying to tell everybody to do anyway. They want you to wake up. They want you to use your ability so you can talk to them. So I know that you've been regressed, what is it, three times? Three times, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would suggest that maybe you could like start a dream journal, okay, and tell yourself that you're going to start remembering things and uh, meditate at night before you go to bed, you know, just go into a re restful state, physical state, and not go to sleep. Just stay very calm and very quiet and think through what happened to you and bring those memories that you do have up and go over them again, you know, and see what comes of it. And if you get anything from that, write them down in a dream journal, you know, just a journal. I call it. And uh, I, I would tell that to anybody, but it's the only way. I mean, regression is only as good as you're willing to uh, experience it. And that's that's the part that everybody needs to understand is that when you've had contact, um, you're the only one holding yourself back, nobody else. And so self-hypnotizing is a really cool thing to do. It helped me a lot when I was 14. I had to, I had no choice. And, uh, because it was such an emergency for me. But you can do it. Everybody can do it. But it does take meditation to do it. And you very calmly just decide before you go into meditating, what is it you want to know? Stick to one question at a time, you know? 
and see what you come up with because your stories are ringing true to me. Very, very true. The things that you're stating about the contacts that you've had are dead on. Okay. You're describing beautifully what's in the craft. Okay. And what the ETs are doing and what they're looking like. And you're not showing a whole lot of fear, which I'm real happy to hear because that's the one debilitating thing for memory losses to be in fear. Okay. Just remember that you're here. You're not damaged. It was an interesting experience enough for you to want this. Okay. And want to know, and this is going from there, you know, well, yeah. some of it is, it's been a long time mm-hmm. as far as I know, since anything's happened. Right. So like, 20 years ago, 25 years, no, 25, 28 years ago, I had more fear than I do now. I'm not, I'm, I'm not afraid anymore at all. That's good. That's fantastic. Um, Wisdom does that. You know, you're probably a lot more wiser at this stage. No. (laughs) (laughs) Getting dumber. All right. Well, um, let me see. We do have to take a quick station ID break. So if you'll hold on just a second, then I'd like to get into um, what you did with going to the Long Island UFO network and getting regressed. But before we do that, I just want to remind everyone that you are watching The Lightgate. I am your host, Preston Dennett. My lovely co-host is Dolly Safran. This is episode 30, if you can believe it. And we are streaming live on United Public Radio Network at 107.7 from the beautiful city of New Orleans. Also the UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 FM. We're streaming live on Roku, as well as on Facebook and YouTube. So a big shout out to our producers. And if you ever get a chance to watch The Outer Realm with Michelle Desrochers and Amelia Pisano, do check it out. It's every Wednesday and Thursday evening from 9 to 11 p.m. Um, they're absolutely wonderful. We love their show. We love them very much. Yeah. And now let's get back to the light gate and our wonderful guest, Tony DeTata, who's had a lifetime of amazing experiences. We've already talked about his uh, very early sighting as a teenager outside of his home in Brentwood. This is in New York. Talked about his face-to-face encounter with two greys on a golf course, uh, which might involve missing time. He's had a couple of other sightings and a very prominent and vivid memory of being on board around age 13, 14, or 15 or so, where he saw greys kind of like this. Is this at all close to what they look like, Tony? Not really, no. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was closer to 15. Oh, okay. In in terms of the gray, is this what they look like? Similar. The eyes are a little different. The the center part of their eyes are much wider and um, tilted up 
towards the the rear All right. or towards the side of the head uh they're more slanted and uh, the eye itself is wider yep all right you got it but and i when they, when they, i want to tell you a secret when they the grays when they flick their eye uh it's really strange because it's not just a, a lid going up and down. They can uh, wobble their eyes from side to side like this. When they jerk their eye, you can see it going back and forth sideways. And they have an inner eye that they can actually close literally from the outside of the eye to the inside of the eye. They can shut, the, shut that second lid and blink at the same time. And it's like, whoa, when you see it for real, it's like, wow. But they I don't can think I've ever seen that. Yeah, I get, to, I get to see them a whole lot in my lifetime. I've never seen that. Yeah. If I saw that, I'd probably have have to get a clean pair of pants. <laughs> so here's Whitley Strieber's drawing. Is that no. more accurate? Nothing like that. <laughs> All right. It's interesting never how it's variation. Never saw anything like that guy. <laughs> yeah. All right. So at some point... You're like, you became very curious about all this and you joined the Long Island UFO Network, uh, yeah, which yeah. was headed by John Ford. Right. I guess he was the one who encouraged you to try out hypnosis? Um, I believe so. Um, John, there's a whole bunch of garbage going on with him. I don't know exactly what his story is at this point in time but yeah, um, heard about that yeah i don't i don't know if any of it is true i i can't believe i knew the guy pretty well and uh, it just it just never made any sense what they say he did never made any sense he was a little wacky, maybe, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. There he is, wouldn't, John Ford. That's John Ford. Yeah. Yeah, I think he may have gotten set up, honestly. Yeah, that's possible because this has happened to people who are very prominent in the field. They I don't know enough about it to say. They said he put um, some kind of uh, radioactive. Um, substance in somebody's toothpaste yeah Some, uh, uh, not a diplomat um i don't know if somebody to do with congress or some legislator or something but he just didn't strike me as that kind of a person he was um i don't know an odd duck yes but not that odd, not that kind of way. But I guess, how the hell do you know what kind of person a person is? Well, you got yeah. to meet him, so that's you got a good impression from him. That's important. Well, my brother and I, um, I got him to join the uh, Long Island UFO Network. His name is Jerry, my brother. And... Um, whatchamacallit, we, uh, we had gone over to John's house and a number of times 
had dinner over there, um, knew and met his mother, uh, all kinds of stuff like that. And I, I just don't, I just don't believe he was that kind of person. They said that it's, they found so many guns in his garage or his basement and did hundreds, hundreds of guns. And, um, you don't think somebody's trying to just disqualify him permanently and discount him, do you? No. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, he may have been set up. I think it's entirely possible. Yeah. Look at what happened to Stan Romanak and, gosh, um, the other guy, Lieutenant Colonel Wendell Stevens, uh, who I think was a really good researcher. He ended up being, well, he says he was set up. But I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't remember reading or hearing anything about anything happening to Wendell. Yeah. Yeah, he went through some heavy-duty legal troubles that he says he was absolutely innocent of. Really? Oh, yeah. Wendell Stevens was, um, he was always one of the top researchers. Yeah, I've got several of his books. Yeah. Basically said that he was threatened. If you don't stop doing, you know, going after these cases, we're going to bring you down. And he said they did. So it's very, very unfortunate. But getting back to your hypnosis sessions, you went did three sessions, right? And yeah, John, John got me three sessions with. I don't remember if he was a psychologist or a psychiatrist uh, for Stony Brook University, okay. um, which is a well-known university in on Long Island there. Um, and he's the one at the end of the um, sessions, he told me that they the grays have put a block on my memory. And he said, from now on, when you talk about this from time to time, you may start remembering more and more. And that's exactly what's what happens. If I start talking about it, sometimes more comes out. Like um, my first wife, I, I don't think we were married at this point in time, but we used to, um, no, we were probably married. Um, we used to a lot of times get done with the work week, you know, it's Friday night. Hey, let's go upstate. And we just throw some junk in the car and go upstate, check into a motel and, you know, jump in the pool all day and hang around and whatever. So um, we headed upstate this one night and 
I don't know why we got off the interstate. Have no idea why we got off the interstate. But we got off the interstate. I don't remember what town it was, what exit it was. And we're driving down this um, two-lane country kind of road. I had a 68 Cougar at the time. Loved that car. (laughs) (laughs) I was doing about 60. And past, I don't know what this means, if it means anything, past a guy driving a tractor, pulling some kind of wagon behind him. And this is between, it's either 11 p.m. or 1 a.m. I don't know which. And then all of a sudden, the road goes into a kind of a decline. And there's nothing but water in front of us. And I had to stand on the brakes. And then... I don't know how we got from that point to a really large field. It was some kind of field. I don't know. I don't know if it was a farm. This was 11 o'clock at night or 1 a.m. I don't know if it was a farm or a... I don't know what it was. But there's this gigantic gigantic disc sitting there on the ground and uh, for the longest time I couldn't remember who was standing next to me there was somebody standing just off to my side and I I couldn't remember who it was and then I remembered it was her and there's two graves with her and two graves with me and she's in front of me and we walk into this looks like a um, looks sort of like a jetway type of thing. But it's the walls and the floor and the ceiling are black. I don't know why, but I think they were rubber. And the where the um, floor goes into the wall, it's not curved but there's um it's like this where am i oh (laughs) (laughs) it's like this all right at a slant yeah and the ceiling is the same way the ceiling meeting the wall is the same way kind of curve curves like that yeah and that's lit up in a lime green light and there's no 
way to tell where that light comes from. There's no panels. There's no tubes like fluorescent tubes. It's, I, I don't understand it. Where is this light coming from? The craft itself, it can light itself up like a cuttlefish. It's literally in the walls and it just lights itself up. You know, it just, the, the walls can irradiate. That light green light you saw was probably that. Yeah. You know, it was giving you enough light so you could see. Tony, in case, in case you don't know, Dolly's had a bunch of experiences. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm familiar with Dolly. <laughs> okay. And um, at, the, at the end of this corridor type thing, I'm, I'm going to say we flew to Bermuda one time. And in Bermuda, they didn't have, at that point in time, they didn't have jetways, right. yet you walked up to the plane. Right. And we came in and left on a 747, and this disc made the 747 look small. Wow. So this thing, was, I mean, it was big. And at the end, there's a column on the right side, a column on the left side, about 12 feet tall and some kind of writing that goes from ceiling to floor. Mm -hmm. And that's in lime green light. And that tall guy standing in a, I'll call it a podium, the, um, the, two, th the two columns were slender. They were much thinner than that. Oh, and, all right. And I got the impression that this, whatever this creature was standing by the podium was around 12 feet tall. Wow. And this, I, I don't remember what this room is. I don't, I don't know if we went in. I don't know what was in there. I, but I, I thought of this the other night. I was thinking about this, and then all of a sudden, I had the memory and the feeling of what it felt like the next morning. We pulled into a, it looked like kind of a diner kind of thing. And it's about six or 7 a.m. and it's closed. And I don't know why, but we pulled around the back and I'm, I'm feeling like in a fog. And I, I don't know why we're here. I don't know how we got there. But That's I don't amazing. say again. That's amazing. I don't remember anything that happened. Boy, I wish you would, because you what you just described to me is that is not I wouldn't call that a mothership. It's not a mothership, but it's a big one. And 
the being you were in front of is they don't have governments like we do. They have um, the nearest I can describe to you is wise, uh, wise ones, elders. Okay. Wise guys. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you wanted to confer with one, that would be what you described where you were. They brought you before an elder. And there's reasons for the those kinds of meetings. And I'm just curious as heck why. That's amazing to me. That's really amazing. Did, did you get a chance to see at all what he looked like, the tall being? I don't remember anything about what he looked like. Oh, my God. Yeah. 12 feet tall. That's t 13 foot. That's about right. <laughs> oh, my heaven. Yeah. Wow. That's and, exceptional. And did, what did your girlfriend remember? Your girlfriend or your wife, you said? Uh, wife. Um, as far as I know, she doesn't know. I don't think she knows about this. <gasps> wow. I, I haven't spoken to her in like 30 years, so she may have an inkling since then but as far as i know she doesn't know where are you now where do you live now um i live in norman oklahoma about 25 miles south of oklahoma city okay about 200 miles north of dallas okay i know where you are wow I know somebody that I want you to talk to. His name is Martin Rivera. And I just got a feeling that you should talk to him. And I'm going to get Preston to send you his information. You need to talk to Martin, okay? Because okay. you need to talk to somebody who's in proximity to you. And that would put Martin closer than any anybody. And yeah, he does hypnosis. And he's, he's a really nice guy. Yeah. Um, and, and I think does a good job with it. Um, he's experienced. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I want to give a, a shout out to Giro for the very generous uh, super chat donation. Thank you yeah. so much. Glad you're enjoying the show. Um, yeah, Tony, you have some very interesting experiences. <laughs> now, after that happened, and you and your wife are there in the diner, did you talk at all about like where are we? How did we get here? Or yeah, I I, I don't remember that we that we did talk. Wow. Uh, the only thing I can remember is that I feel like, like sort of in a fog, um, not understanding where we are, how did we get here? Because I don't remember driving into this parking lot thing where the diner is i i don't know how we got there oh. and i i don't know why we're in this wherever this town is i don't know i have no idea i mean if you ask me where is this place i i have no idea where this <laughs> is well wow. no idea where it is i oh, couldn't yeah. i couldn't even guess at what exit it is, I, I have no idea. Wow. I know you had some really interesting paranormal experiences, but there's another experience you had on July 4th, I think it was, in, in Tuttle, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Um, 
This one is just wow. I would love it if you could talk about that one. I had gone over to this was this was my brother's house um, for Fourth of July, and you know the kids were setting off fireworks and all that. I don't I don't remember how many people were there that night. There were a couple of families. I believe there were a few kids and setting off fireworks and all that stuff. And um, then we all went in the house and uh, they shut off all the outside lights. And I guess it was somewhere around midnight. And I said, uh, I'm going home. So I started walking to my car and I hit the clicker to unlock the, the doors, you know. And I know the headlights come on, so I'm not looking at the car or, or anything. I know the headlights are going to come on. <laughs> and so the headlights come on. And there standing next to the house is a gray. <laughs> and he's standing there. And I... I think he's a he and he's standing there and he's facing me and I see him. He knows I see him, but it's like maybe 40 seconds and he, he stands there and then he turns and he ran towards the back of the house and there, there, there was really tall grass there and this thing moved so fast i have never seen anything move as fast as this thing did and it went around behind in the back of the house and there's a chain link fence there like a six foot chain link fence and it jumped over the chain link fence and I swear it was 20 feet in the air. Wow. I swear the damn thing was 20 feet in the air. And where it went from there, I don't know. I turned around. I went back in the house. And there's a coffee table and a couch. And my, my brother and his and Sherry is sitting there on the couch and i said um i just saw gray and my brother says you what <laughs> i said i just saw gray he says where right outside that window <laughs> everybody jumped up they turned on all the outside lights Everybody ran outside and there was nothing outside, but there was a, there was a trail in this tall grass where you could see where something had run through it. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> now didn't, there were dogs there at the time, right? Did the dogs react in any way? Yeah, they had two dogs. And one dog, they had to drag him in 
out of the rain. He did not like to come in the house. He hated, he loved staying outside. And the, the next night, I believe it was raining, and the dogs were under the bed in the bedroom in the back of the house. They would not come to the front of the house. They would go, they wouldn't go anywhere near the front of the house. Hmm. Why do you suppose that is, Dolly? The dogs react so strongly because I hear this all the time. They're not yeah. they're under they, the bed and they're not coming out. <laughs> they can actually hear the craft. We can't. The craft does make a sound. It's just inaudible to us. It's not in our hearing range. And when they hear it, it upsets them. Some dogs just go and run. Other dogs become aggressive and bark. It just depends on the animal and how well he's hearing it. And uh, I noticed hounds are the worst for it. Hounds will bark. Oh, my head. And they'll, have, they'll bark, 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 bark. We had St. Bernard's that would just go lose their minds. Um, we've had poodles and, you know, Rhodesian Ridgebacks and German Shepherds. The poodle would disappear. The Rhodesian Ridgeback would just, like, sit there and think, what the heck is that? You could see the bewilderment on their face, like, what am I hearing? You know, they're looking for it. And uh, the German shepherds would become uh, stealthy. They'd run to the doors. They'd want out. They'd want to go track it, that kind of thing. You know, it just depends on the animal. Um, the smaller breeds usually run, like Labradors and stuff like that. They don't, they run from it. So it just depends on the animal. So, so when you saw that gray, uh, it did it give you any message? Did you hear it talk or? Any um, I, I got nothing from it that I can remember, except that as I looked at him and I was, I was trying to figure out why is he standing there? I mean, like I said, it, it had to be 40 seconds, had to be. Did you get any feelings? You know, you know how you could be standing there staring at something or somebody, and you I just got the feeling that I knew him. Okay, all right. That you knew I him. got. I had the feeling that I knew him. What did you want from him in that minute? Take yourself there. Think about it. What did you want from him in that minute? Like you knew him. Like, dude, what's going to happen? What's going on? I mean, you tell me what you were thinking. Well, I can't tell you what I was thinking at that particular point, but mm -hmm. to look back, I would think that I would want to talk to you. Okay, now I have a really big question. How psychic are you? Do you have moments of intuition? Like you'll, you know what somebody's, like you'll say something and the other person's thinking it, or you know when people are going to call, or when you think something's about to happen, and you don't have any of that? Not me. Not you. No. Have you drank tap water most of your life? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people do. It's not a crime, okay? I I eat um I eat tubes of uh, fluoride toothpaste every yeah. day. Yeah, you gotta stop. No, no, I I don't. You don't? <laughs> no. Um. Wow, that's amazing. Because usually. Either okay, some people are very psychic and they don't want to be and they turn it off. And um 
I can't tell you. That's why I want you to talk to Martin Rivera. I don't want to put ideas in your head. Let him talk to you and see what y'all come up with together. Because there's something going on with that. Because we're all psychic. Everybody has it. And if you think you're not, that alarms me. Every time I hear somebody say that, I'm like, well, why? Because you should be, you know. And if you're not eating tons and tons of fluoride or drinking, eating bad food, something's up with that, you know. So well, here's, here's a question from... Linda, and she's asking Tony, do you meditate? No, I don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were talking about yeah, <laughs> earlier. Well, you sent him some stuff, right, on how to meditate? Um, not yet. I'm sorry. I was holding <laughs> Martin Rivera in my pocket for this. Martin will teach you how to meditate, okay? okay. Martin, okay. I, I was thinking, I can give you a book. You know, I can send you diagrams, everything. But it's, it, sometimes you need a buddy. Okay. And I got a feeling that Martin's going to be your buddy. All right. I just, I think that's what you need is to have that person walk you through the process. Some of us can learn on our own and some of us just need a buddy. And mm -hmm. I've been holding Martin's name back till the show for that reason. Okay. That's all right. Okay. Because I know, I know, I know I get the feeling from you that you really do want to know all this stuff and you're willing to do the work to remember, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure I do. Really? Okay. <laughs> Why? Why? Because I don't, I don't know what else. I don't know what else has gone on. And now I'm older and I just, I don't know. <laughs> the fact that you saw that gray so close. Yeah. Yeah. Says something. I think that probably. Yeah. You, you might be pleasantly surprised, you know? I can't get over the fact that he just stood there and stood there. I mean, 40 seconds is a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's not a long time, but. Okay. Let's, 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 go. let's go from this angle. What was going on in your life when that happened? That particular incident, looking at him for 40 minutes. What was 40 going seconds. on? 40 seconds. Still long. What was in your life at that time? Were you in the middle of of uh, changing your life, you know, were you moving? Nothing. No turmoils, no nothing. Nothing. Hmm. No. <laughs> my life was pretty damn boring. <laughs> well, oh, I wouldn't go that goodness. far. Oh, <laughs> Not yeah. all it has been. Uh, as okay. Well, I, I know you told me an experience that you had when you were very young. Um, let me see. I wrote it down. How old were you? Um, let me see. Age 12. You were playing with your friend Billy with cars. Oh, the foot under the couch. Yeah. <laughs> this is a weird one. This is one that really made me scratch my head. Right. I don't know if I've ever heard anything quite like this, Tony. It, it, it blew Art Bell's mind, too. <laughs> I called in and told Art about, about it. Oh, wow. And after the um, after I told him That's the story, where we yeah, that's where we met each other. Art Bell? I think so. Wow. Could be. Yeah, yeah. could be. Wow. Could right, be. Yeah. Tell us tell us about that experience at age 12. You're playing cards with your friend Billy. <laughs> this is so, so weird. <laughs> Art finished talking to me, and then he was going to go to a commercial break. And as he went to the commercial break, he said, foot under the couch whoa 
<laughs> something like that. It really <laughs> mind. So um, my father worked with some guy and they were best friends. And so they hung out all, all their lives and that kind of thing. So his kids and and my father's kids, me and my brothers hung around with them. And Billy was into model cars and I was into model cars. And so one night I get, I'm gonna guess I was about 12. Um, we're just sitting on the living room floor, rolling the car back and forth to each other. And um, he rolls the car to me and I missed it. And it went under the couch. So the, I'm sitting on the floor with my back against the couch and the couch has like a little curtain to hide the, uh, the legs. So I lift up the curtain and I see the car under there and I reach my hand under to get the car and right before the car, my hand touches a foot. I can feel the, the, the instep, the ankle and the leg. And I go, whoa, <laughs> what the, because whatever it is, is not only invisible, but it's standing right through the the couch. Uh -huh. Yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you that. Was it standing up? Okay. And it okay. didn't feel like a normal foot either, right? It, it did not. It was not a human foot. I it didn't feel like toes. It was like sort of like claws. Like a paw? No. Like it had claws? Yeah. Like the foot came down in the front where our toes would be. Mm -hmm. There are claws there. And uh, the instep felt maybe reptilian hmm. to look back on it That's i would have to say it felt reptilian okay <laughs> it wasn't warm but it wasn't cold and it didn't react it didn't move or anything it just it just remained there. But I did sure you? pulled my hand out of there. I was going to say, did you remain there? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> wow. Did, did Billy feel it at all? No. Let me guess, you didn't get the car either, did you? I didn't, no. <laughs> I let it sit there. Oh, my gosh. And I don't know if Billy did. I don't, I don't remember... I don't remember what happened after that, except that I ain't going near that living room anymore. Wow. Was wow. that the same house that you had like some poltergeist activity going on? 
Uh, no, my, the house my family lived in, there was poltergeist activity all the time. There was, um, oh, footsteps, um, light switches going on and off, uh, boxes coming flying out of a room. Do you have a sibling? I had two. Boys or girls? Boys. Yeah. Well, it's probably someone's own psychokinetic ability that's doing yeah. that. Are you the youngest? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest? Yeah. So there's the illustration of the box coming out of <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so here is a question from Sherry. Let me see if I can. Tony, do you remember our friend Kelly stayed at the house that night too? thinking this might be the July 4th yeah. incident, and we found her wandering around outside later that night. No. And she was very confused. No, I don't remember you telling me that. Oh, wow. No. Wow. Well, this I don't remember you telling me that, Sherry. <laughs> this brings up a question, Tony. Is there anyone else in the family? Like, Because this is often generational, as you may know. Um, it follows family lines yeah so did your parents or any other siblings or grandparents or you know anyone related to you reporting my father was very interested in the ufos and he always used to take me to those um uh i saw a lot of those 1950s movies firsthand he used to take me to the movies to see some of these things like um well, not the crawling eye. Uh, Did you see the day the earth stood still with Michael Rennie? Oh, of course. Definitely one of my favorite. My e email address is G-O-R-T. <laughs> 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 now you know why it's G-O-R-T. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering that, actually. Nick to Verata. Nick to Klaatu Barada Nikto. That's it. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Well, then uh, you saw all of them, right? Uh, you, the 50s, a good right? many of them, yeah. Mm. Well, did your dad ever tell you he had an experience of her? Uh, no, never got that out of him. Well, I wonder, because it's pretty rare that someone who's had as many experiences as you doesn't have you know, this going on in their family. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I really wonder about my father. He well, was um, he was a little messed up in the last years of his life with um, dementia and then Alzheimer's. I'm sorry. Yeah. What did he do for a living? Overseas cable operator for Western Union. Oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> Whoop, there it is. Okay. I'll be darned. What? Whoop, there it is. Okay. <laughs> That's significant, yeah. Dolly? Yes, I find that very significant, yes. Why? 
because these guys are out in the ocean all the time, okay? And they're pulling wires all over the place, through the sea. They're hooking them up on land. Oh, no, he, he only worked in New York City. Oh, he only worked in New York? Okay. Yeah, he just sent and received cable, overseas cables. Ah, okay. That's oh, amazing. See. All right. So did you have any military in your family? He was in the Navy. Oh, okay. That could be significant. There's sometimes top a connection secret. there. Oh, top secret stuff? Not that I know of. Uh, all right. Well, here's a question from Allison going back to the foot in the couch incident. How long were the claws? Not long. They weren't long. Uh, if I had to guess, an inch. Very Were strange. they rounded or pointed? Couldn't tell. The the claws were on the on the ground or in the. I don't remember if it was carpeted or not. Yeah. No, it wasn't carpeted because we were rolling cars across the floor. Yeah. Amazing. So, what do you think about past lives, Tony? Do you have any memories of past lives? <laughs> yeah yeah i have um i don't know i have a memory of for a feeling that i was not human at one point yeah for for years when mm -hmm. I would take a shower, mm -hmm. I would look down at my legs and my feet and think they're not right. My legs and my feet are just not right. My legs it should bend in the opposite direction. My knees should bend the other way. Wow. I should be walking like on the balls of my feet. And I, I get inklings about a dark planet. It's similar to what Mars looks like now. Very interesting. See, this is also something I hear quite often from people who are contactees. One guy, Jay Gardner, he recalled being not human in a past life. Dolly has some memories of this sort of thing as well. <laughs> so I think this is one of the, what would I call it? Not a symptom, but sort of a sign of contact. This does come up, certainly. Do you also have some memories of perhaps having a, a our daughter is that how you put it um i mean if you're comfortable talking about it i know it's emotional for you i um i called my mom one time it, it was like two o'clock in the morning and she lived uh I'm going to guess about 30 miles 
from where I live, from Brentwood. And I called her up and I said, uh, she she's from Oklahoma, so she used to make, um, uh, instead of biscuits and gravy, she would make toast and gravy. And she'd make the gravy out of bacon fat. And I said, I'm, I'm in the mood for some bacon gravy. And I said, Mom, I have a daughter. And she said, you have a daughter? I said, yeah. And she said, where? Where does she live? I said, well, she don't live around here. And she said, oh, no. And I've seen her. I am not sure how many times. The last time I saw her, she was probably about 14. And she's not human, but she's not them either. I have a picture I got off of uh, Paula, Her Paula, is it Paula Harris? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, off of her website of uh, an alien uh, hybrid. And this, there you, I sent that to you? No, I, look, I was looking for it. That's it. Is that the that's one? The one. Yeah. How did you find it? It wasn't easy. <laughs> That's the one. Wow. Hmm. This is the closest. That, no, that's not close. That's that's her. That's that's her. Oh wow. Amazing. Yeah, this comes from Maurice Carvalho, I think, who says it's an actual photograph. So, oh, you have it. Okay, here, wait, let me pull this off. Okay. Oh, it's got the reflection of. It's all right. Hold it up higher a little bit. Oh. There you go. Higher, higher. Lift up. Oh. Pull it back a little bit. There, now you can see it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Wow. All That's right. That's same picture. Wow. That's amazing, Tony. How did? How, is this a photograph you took? No, I I downloaded it off of her website and uh -huh. printed it out. I said, oh, my God, how did they, that's, that's unbelievable. How, uh, that's her. Yeah, well, that's allegedly a real photograph from a, another contactee. So it's amazing that it so closely resembles what you saw. Ooh. 
I, I feel her sometimes. Don't ask me how to explain that, but I feel her sometimes. Synthetic nature is acting. Does she have hair? Not that I, not that I can remember. Oh. I can tell that that's very emotional for you, and I totally understand now. <laughs> One of the, I think, hardest things for a lot of people who go through this experience is you know, feeling that connection to someone that you can't be with. Yeah. So I feel for you, and thank you very much for talking about it. I know that's not easy. Uh, like I said, I, I don't care anymore. You know, maybe 20 years ago, I wouldn't talk about it. And it had nothing to do with what's going on now, you know, with the government and all that, admitting that they're real. It has nothing to do with that. It's, I don't know what it is. I just don't care anymore. So have you Sometimes I say to somebody, do you, ever speak, do you ever talk about UFOs? What do you think about UFOs? Hi, Tony. So, Tony, have you heard? Now, have you heard of any other person having experiences not far from you in New York? No. So sometimes you talk to somebody, or I have. I've spoken to people, you know, from time to time. So what do you think UFOs, you know, and that kind of thing? Uh, what do you think about abductions? Abductions? Well, could be. Did you ever talk to anybody that's been taken? No. Now you have. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I lived it. So did you ever to speak at all or did you communicate at all with your star daughter in any way that you know of not that i know of oh man all right well hopefully one day you'll learn more about all of that i is she nice yeah of course i think she is <laughs> she's my daughter she's got to be nice so we're wrapping up towards the top of the hour here. We're going to have to close it off pretty soon. So how would you say all of these experiences have affected you and your outlook with life here on Earth and how other people are on this planet? I can't and or don't spend much time um paying attention to what's going on in the world because it's it's so un unimportant in comparison 
when there are creatures from somewhere else, beings from somewhere else who are here, who are talking to people, taking people, that's more important than anything. And I, I, I just don't know how to explain it. I, Are you trying to say that we should be paying more attention to what's really going on than the the comedy that's going on around us? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We should be more focused on being a planet together. Mm -hmm. One planet. Not one world government or anything like that, but one people? One people. One race. Well. We are. Yeah. Realize that, right? We are one race. We have yeah. ethnicities, but we're still homo sapiens sapien. We are yeah. one race. Okay. Yeah. We're all human. And we should have that going on. I one heartily 100% agree with you. You know, we, we were put here to help one another and to learn with each other and Anarchy is in Stop all this crap that's going on. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. 100% agree, Tony. Yep. I think yep. this is something that all contactees feel very strongly about. It's so unnecessary. It's so stupid. Yep. Yep. Love is the answer. Exactly. The only answer. Was there any last things you want people who are listening to know? I, you're welcome, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, Kaz says, try transcendental meditation, Tony. It will help you communicate with her. Really? Yep. And I'll, yeah, then I'll definitely try it. Yeah, Martin will teach you that. He does use that technique. Yep. He also uses quantum uh, methods as well. But he's absolute wonderful teacher. He can bring you up in that. Okay. All right. Well, I want to let everyone know that if you want to hear more about Tony's story, it is the first chapter in this book, Onboard UFO Encounters. Dolly has a chapter in it as well, which came before before her book, Symmetry. She was kind of testing the waters with me. <laughs> but yeah, so anyone who- I didn't even know you put me in that book until you told me. You had to let me know. And I was like, oh my heaven, what, what? I let you know before it was published. <laughs> I know, well. I did because yeah. I asked you if you wanted to be you know, anonymous. Oh, not. that's true. That's right. <laughs> give you a yay or name about my name. <laughs> yeah. Mm -mm -mm. Do you know your blood type, Tony? No. Okay, because synthetic is asking about RH blood. No, I I have no idea what it is. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Tony. The people in chat absolutely love you. And, oh, sounds like you're getting a, a call. Phone call. <laughs> okay. Well, we have 
my drugs. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> for the medicine. okay, medicine time, yeah. All I get, but yeah. Pain medication. Okay. The people I in chat are super You're welcome, Chris. Team. <laughs> Kayleen. Thank you. You. I mean, you're welcome, Kayleen. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Tony, thank you very much. And I'm going to give you Martin or Rivera's numbers. Preston actually can get with you faster than I can. He has all that information too. And we'll get him to send it to you tonight. Okay. Okay. Send Martin a note that you're going to be co contacting him as yeah. well. Ma Mary, the book is called Onboard UFO Encounters. Mm -hmm. You can find it on Amazon or yeah. my website. Yep. Well, thank you, everybody, for coming on to the Light Gate with us tonight. We always endeavor to bring forth people's uh, stories there of their contacts. It's really important that we all start talking about it and put it more out there. Since the government has finally admitted that this is a real phenomenon, we all should start getting on the same page with each other. We are coming to you live from the beautiful city of New Orleans at the United Public Radio Network at 107.7 FM and the beautiful UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 FM. Thank you all. We will see you next Monday. we got some interesting guests coming up. And, Tony, um, after you see Martin, we're going to talk to you again, okay? So, yes. Okay. We'll put you back on the docket. Okay. Right. Good night, everybody. Yeah, thanks, Tony. It was awesome. Really Happy, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And we'll see you on the other side. Night-night. <laughs>